Oh, you're gonna make me say this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't Solana say it. flipped Ethereum. <gasps> In what metric? Huh. And what is our take on that? <laughs> Bankless Nation, it's roll-up time, and I think David, this is our last roll-up of 2023. So happy holidays to the Bankless Nation wherever you are listening. Man, it's been a crazy year, hasn't it? It certainly has. It's our last weekly roll-up. Oh, uh, next week, the Bankless listeners are going to get the yearly roll-up. <laughs> uh, we're doing a whole entire year, and that's going to ship, of course, the last week of December. And we know that because we pre-recorded it uh, this yes, week. We, so, it. <laughs> we we are not working on the, during the holidays, but during ne- next week, actually, I think we're releasing four podcasts. Mm-hmm. Something crazy. We have some pent-up. You know it's a bull market when we are doing minimum one podcast a day, and sometimes Gosh, people are doing you will- two. You will have so much content. In so between, much content. Uh, unwrapping presents next week. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy. But David, we got a packed agenda today. What's first on our list? Inscriptions have had their exodus from Bitcoin and now are infecting every single chain that it can get its hands on. One by one by one, the inscription locuses are taking down chains. We're going to talk about that. A big clog, I guess, like uh, <laughs> you're clogging up your drain pipes. <laughs> I want to hear your take on that. I don't think uh, that one's going to stick. <laughs> We also have commercials. Hopefully these stick. Uh, Bitwise released its first Bitcoin ETF. I think the big question is how many millions of people are going to see the Bitcoin ETF? But after that, Elizabeth Warren writes a nasty gram to our entire industry telling to us to stop defending ourselves and just <laughs> bow down and take it. Why are oh, you fighting God. back? Why are you fighting back? We uh, have- then we got a ton of crypto native stuff to talk about as well. What else is coming up? Eigenlayer, they hit a billion in ETH, total locked value. Uh, so restaking, that narrative is heating up. I think we'll see a lot more of that in 2024. I know we got some episodes uh, tuned. Uh, <laughs> David, we got to tell him before we get in about this fantastic mm-hmm. wallet. Is coming. This is a next generation wallet because it's based on it's smart contract technology. Tell them what it is. the word smart in it. Yeah. So the Ambire <laughs> team is launching its V2 wallet. Ambire was one of the first smart contract wallets to really ship a wallet into mainnet, into users' hands. They're launching V2 updated for the year 2024 through a browser extension. So browser extension wallet, like we already know, except when you click on it, you get a smart contract wallet, not a vanilla EOA wallet. So Entering, of course, the world of account abstraction and smart contract wallets. There's a bunch of things that Ambire Wallet can do for you. Uh, If you want to feel the power of a smart contract wallet, there is a link in the show notes, bankless.cc slash Ambire hyphen V2. Probably just go click the link. Oh, definitely go click the link. This is uh, you know, something you're going to want to test. It also works with the hardware wallets too. So mm-hmm, Trezor, Ledger, course. Grid Plus, Lattice, whatever hardware wallet you have. Um, David, we got something else to, to mention too, mm-hmm. because you are right now, you're in uh, the state of Washington. So you're just outside of Seattle somewhere, I believe, recording from your childhood room, I think, although you, uh, almost, you correct almost. me. <laughs> not your childhood. Crypto, crypto childhood. Not childhood. Yeah, oh, wow. A different kind of childhood <laughs> where you're maybe born again into crypto. Oh, God. That's, right. That's, right. That's, how it felt. That's definitely how it felt. <laughs> A little too religious here. Okay. Uh, but you're going to Argentina, is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. Tell us about it, David. How can we experience a bankless in Argentina? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. There is a <laughs> bankless meetup in Argentina, Friday, January 5th. Uh, TBD if on that date. That is the current date that is locked in. Uh, but we have 100 slots. And in the 
one hour that I sent this invitation out, uh, 88 people. He's telling you it's already up. Uh, so we might need to move it a different day. Uh, TBD might be Thursday. If it's, not, if it's not Friday, it's Thursday. No. Okay. So on Friday, you can't rent out the whole bar. You can only rent out a part of the bar, which is what we did. On Thursday, okay. we could rent out the whole bar. Anyways, either on Friday, the current time is Friday, January 5th from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the wine bar in Palermo, uh, in the Palermo neighborhood. Um, if we get so much more demand, which I'm guessing we are, we might move it to Thursday. Might ask to move it to Guys, Thursday. because David is spending, I believe, what, two weeks in January? Argentina? One week in Buenos Aires, one week in El Chalten, one week in um, uh, Torres del Paine. Yeah. Well, I really want to hear what the crypto scene is like in Argentina yeah. because I know I, I've. Yo no sé cuántos uh, personas escucha a Bankless en Buenos Aires, pero p- apparently mucho. Mucho personas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. So <laughs> if you want to see David in Argentina, go check that out. All right, Dave, let's talk about the uh, the markets this week, shall we? Bitcoin price. And this is like the year ender because mm-hmm. I don't think we give our um, like up-to-date prices in the yearly roll-up. We, we so give in this... yesterday's prices in the, the yearly roll-up. Today <laughs> yes. we give today's prices, which is actually yesterday for current listeners. There's... Oh, wow. So once again, uh, once again we don't know why we do this section. We don't know why we do it, but uh, thanks to Kraken. <laughs> because I, I know these charts are looking really good and they've held yeah. us up all year. Like, you know what? Let's just just salute Kraken, salute these charts, salute our progress. Sir, for if, if you want to scroll out, you need to set uh, larger candles. You are at the one hour candles. You need to oh, go one day candles. Thank you, David. There. Uh, here we go. One day. This is what 2020, I like the charts, the yearly charts. Yeah. This is what 2023 looked like for us. Uh, exclusively up. That is an up chart. Woo! We started at 16K. Up. We started the year with a short squeeze from 16K over to like $23,000 on Bitcoin. Look at us now. Look at us now. They told us Look crypto at us was now. dead. <laughs> $44,000 Bitcoin. Uh, great year for Bitcoin. And uh, how was that on the week, David? Tell me, tell me about that because I know that's important in the roll-up. Uh, we got some, you know, some muted response at the top of the market cap stack. Bitcoin up 1% on the week, but you know, 1% a week. Can't can't complain about that. Bitcoin starting the week at 43,100, ending the week at 43,500, up a modest 1%. We love it. We love it. I think that's about 153% on the year. So big, big year for Bitcoin mm-hmm. here. Let's give the big same treatment to uh, Ethereum. I'm going to zoom all the way out on the Kraken charts uh-huh. here. Okay. The beginning of January, 2023, we were 12... 12- Hundred ETH uh-huh. price, right. just above, <laughs> not lows, but just above one thousand yeah. ETH. Now mm-hmm. where are we? We are at two thousand two hundred dollars. Uh, so a choppy, crabby up chart for ETH. That is a crab, up, uppy crab pattern, right? It there. Makes me a little crabby. I feel like it should be higher. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Up, well, like. So like- why is ETH like not following the market, not trending with the market? I mean, there's 10,000 different answers. One of the answers is that it like like overperformed versus the market in 2022. Oh. ETH was the best asset to hold in 2022. You it lost dope. the least amount of money. If you it were dope. down further in the market cap, like you lost more money. And so part of ETH's uh, lack of performance in 2023 was because of, you know, it was overperformed in 2022. It was the consensus bet to hold in 2022. Uh, and then as soon as risk went on the table, there was like, why Why would you buy ETH? Every, everyone already has ETH. Uh, it's not going to pump like some of the low market cap stack. Uh, and 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 then also like Celsius has been, I think we're going to talk about this. Celsius has been dumping like a bajillion dollars, uh, $250 million uh, of ETH over the last week. And Michael Saylor has been buying a ton of Bitcoin. And so ETH 
can just not capture a, a narrative. It can't yeah, capture it, a wind. I think some people would look at this and be like, guys, you're 80% up. Like, be th- be thankful for that. People in, you know, the stock yeah, market. Tra- trad people. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you almost doubled. Like, <laughs> how, why, why are you upset about that? But um, yeah, I think ETH has had an okay year, but not a strong year. Uh, for sure. So we'll, we'll have to see whether that. Turns I mean, think around. about this. Bitcoin started the year at sixteen thousand dollars, ending the year at forty three thousand dollars. That's almost a three x. Mm-hmm. That's almost a tripling. To say mm-hmm. like ETH almost doubled. These are like different numbers. Yeah, I uh, know. Okay. Uh, how about the ratio? Down or up? Uh, a little down. Point zero five one. Uh, it touched point zero five. It touches basically the low that has been in a long ass time. Nobody's looking at the ratio except for the yeah, bankless weekly roll up now. Yeah. Uh, total crypto market cap one point seven trillion. So the lows, if I recall it, uh, January first of twenty twenty three were about eight hundred billion, maybe eight hundred forty, eight hundred fifty billion or so. So that's like a nice doubling. Mm-hmm. on total crypto market cap oh, more uh, than a doubling yeah mm-hmm. yeah pre- i mean pretty impressive uh how about layer twos um what did we see in terms of growth layer twos had an astounding year in 2023 at the start of 2023 we had three billion dollars deposited onto layer twos we currently have 16 billion dollars hmm. i outperformed most metrics uh in terms of dollar value out of out of anything that you can see and then activity actually like usage of layer twos i think also did a nice old like 7x uh, we are currently at seven Ethereums, setting new highs thanks to inscriptions. We'll talk about in th- that in a second. Uh, but setting setting new highs, and I would say accelerating highs in terms of uh, layer two activity dominance. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell me about the the movers because we got some lower down the stack market cap movers. We're, we talk about a couple of tokens. Which one do you want to pick out this week, David? The one that is unequivocally at the top of the chart right this week is Say say with a 50% move week over week and 140% move on the 30 day time period. So say what what is uh, what's the market cap of say right now? It is scroll up a little bit fully diluted valuation $4 billion, $4 billion with a float of $900 million. Uh, so like four to one ish float. What is uh, say one of these people don't remember? It's uh, I think it's a parallelized EVM. I think they just pivoted into being a parallelized Ethereum virtual machine chain. And there's a crop of these showing up recently. And I kind of think it's going to be a pretty hot narrative in 2024. Layer ones that are using the Ethereum virtual machine, but they've you know taken it, they've deconstructed it and then recomposed it to be just far more performance, far more yeah. parallelized. Yeah. Monad is doing this. Uh, Say pivoted to doing this because they realized the Monad strategy was correct. Uh, and, uh, I think, I think that's going to be a big thing in, in, um, yeah, I think so. I think we'll get uh, monad sometime in like the first half of 2024, which will be another one to this list. Mm-hmm. And you could see kind of the justification for it. And it, 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 to me, it kind of flows down from Ethereum. So you have Ethereum, what's that, you know, 250 billion or so market cap. And what is a uh, Solana now? Is that about 40 mm-hmm. uh, billion market cap? Something like uh, 30, yeah. 30, 37, 38, 37. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then you have say over here and people are like, well, if this is like Solana, but faster and EVM and it's only $4 it has billion. everything dollars. we like about the EVM and none of the baggage of the EVM. Uh-huh. So if it was valued at Solana's uh, valuation, right. it would be a, a nice 10 X. Right. And that's how, that's how these types mm-hmm. of markets work now that you have a narrative which seems to have some <laughs> product market fit narrative like fundamentals who knows you can't really separate the two during the the bull market uh-huh. in this way it has to kind of burn off during during the bear but yeah you see this look 
they're comparing, they're benchmarking Solana and they're saying, yeah, Solana does 10,000 TPS. We do 20,000. We We're do 20,000. Parallelized. Yeah. It's look, it's, it's, it's a high TPS layer one season. That's what it's been for the last yeah. couple of months. Moving on back to Bitcoin. Uh, you saw this commercial going out this week, Ryan? Uh, this I is a, a, a commercial from Matt Hogan from Bitwise. Uh, doing <laughs> he's been a, on the podcast. A, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. I actually learned a few things about uh, ETF and stock market commercials. You can't actually advertise the ETF. You can't say buy the ETF. Really? You can't show the ticker on the commercial at all. You can't Why? advertise the ETF. Just, uh, you know, securities regulations can't sell financial products <laughs> on TV commercials. Okay. We can sell pharmaceutical drugs here in America on TV commercials, but you can't oh. sell financial instruments. Yeah, because uh, fi finance okay. is dangerous. Yeah, right. Okay, so with that context, here is the Bitwise Bitcoin commercial. It's going to be a little bit rough for you podcast listeners, but we'll unpack it afterwards. You know what's interesting these days? Bitcoin. Look for Bitwise, my friends. Hey, David, it feels it feels good to have the most interesting man in the world chilling our bags uh, right that's now. Right. I, I gotta that's say, that's uh, right. a good commercial. Well done, Bitwise. It's, and, uh, uh, just good branding. Well Bitwise. It's a great name. It's a great name for like normies to understand. Bit as in Bitcoin. Wise as in wisdom. Like this is a financial <laughs> word. Like it, this, this matters. And hey, you can't pick like, a favorite ETF, David. You can't. Do you, I like, yes, I can. I pick a favorite chain. I can pick a favorite ETF. Oh, really? Yeah. You're supposed to be more uh, agnostic, more neutral than that. What about Van Eck, they got the HODL meme. Remember, we yeah, just Van had Eck's Matt great. Siegel. Van Eck's great. Van okay, Eck's but they're, are they your favorite? How about BlackRock? What if what if Larry Fink comes Black, on bankrupt? BlackRock list? is going to be just fine <laughs> with or without my support. Like they don't need me at all. They already you know own the world. Uh, I like we, I like Matt Hogan. So we, we like we like Matt. We like Bitwise. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, a message to all the the Bitcoin ETFs out here: you have to compete for our love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, with commercials. <laughs> with commercials or whatever <laughs> mechanism you have. Uh, okay, yeah. David, um, here's a question for you. As we end the year, phishing schemes have really picked up, like people trying to pickpocket your crypto wallet and doing Pretty it bad. badly. How much do you think has been stolen the last couple of years by phishing attacks on crypto? Last two, last two years, 2022 years. and 2023. Um, yeah. Over Over 100 million. Over $100 uh over 100 million you're right over 100 million and that feels like a very safe bet it's 10x that it's 1 billion dollars okay drained so there's actually Oof. this is okay no looking at the notes 1 billion dollars since may of 2021 okay so that's uh two and a half eight, years it was 800 plus million in 2022 and 2023 okay uh what did i say that's different you said okay. you said you, we can just run with that you, okay. you can just take the correction I don't want to take. I don't want to take corrections. No, that's out of scope. <laughs> Get corrected, bro. <laughs> Live. Just take the L. Take the, take L. the L. Shut up, Ryan. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, and here's the interesting stat about that, David. There's actually more last year in terms of total value drained than this year, which mm. it, it feels like it's really intensified this year. But last year was about 500 million. This year it was 370. Yeah, but last year million. our price assets were priced higher. Exactly. So they probably stole more in, in units, but got yeah, um, yeah, yeah. less value. Uh, maybe that was it. Um, the largest 
phishing scam so far was uh, $44.3 million. Uh, this is crazy. And according to the chain analysis, by the way, this this billion dollar figure is just the, the tip of the iceberg. So there's a lot that might not actually be measured in these estimates. It's a problem we have to solve, man. It's a problem crypto has to solve. The worst thing about these numbers, like, okay, 2023, there was $376 million fished. 2022, $516 million fished. Like, sadly, phishing, phishing attacks are also like long tail attacks. So they're not like fat tail attacks where like the wormhole get bridge gets hacked and then Jump Capital spends a billion dollars to bail them out. These yeah. are like individuals. These are individuals clicking links on Twitter and Discord. Uh, like, like these are individuals losing money. It's not, sadly, it is like the worst type of loss. Well, you can imagine when AI gets combined in here where you could have like somebody yeah. like deep fake call you and pretend to be like your mom or your grandmother or something like this. Like you can really ramp up the uh, the scale of these attacks. So, right. you know, my method is I just don't trust anybody. David. I just don't trust anyone. Just not don't even, trust not even you. Yeah, you shouldn't trust me. Someone yeah. could this. Somebody could be deep faking you. You can <laughs> log on a fake Ryan on a Zoom and deep fake me. Like here's, we already have a, here's a prediction for twenty twenty four. Somebody yeah. will use AI and all of the data of you and me on YouTube to create recreate a video about just like how everyone should click this link and uh, ape into this one airdrop or something like this, and that will go out on Twitter and it will be our likeness, and that will probably happen in twenty twenty four. Will we get sued for that? Uh, that'll be a problem. oh god, maybe because <laughs> of our likeness. I don't think so. <laughs> can't get sued for that. Well. They would start with Vitalik. They we're we're yeah, they uh, far less trustworthy Vitalik. than Vitalik, but you know maybe we're the long tail of phishing uh, yeah. deep fakes. Um, this is a, probably a global call to action for people who are about to have a bunch of text messages from their friends saying, "Hey, like, what should I do when I get into crypto?" Like, give them your answer and then tell them. And if you're not careful, you will be fished, and you need to be very cautious. Like that should come with your onboarding statements to your friends and family. It's a big, it's a big UX problem for sure. Uh, David, let's talk about a flipping of a different kind. You teased it during the intro, and I'm, I'm you not gonna say it. you say it. You say it. Solana has recently flipped Ethereum in DEX volumes. So I think on Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday of this week, Solana had $1.5 billion in total DEX volumes on chain, and Ethereum had 1.1. Uh, this has since reverted. Ethereum has 1.6 currently, and Solana has 1.59 currently. Uh, so pretty, pretty close, actually, pretty neck and neck. Um, so I guess congrats to the Solana DEX ecosystem for flipping volumes. Now, I will say, here is my caveat to that. When you have extremely low fees, painting a million dollars in volume costs very, very little. That's the feature of the Solana blockchain. And I think we're going to enter this bull market and all these people are going to compete on narratives and stuff. And not all narratives are apples to apples. Like Solana has less TVL, less stables on Solana, and it's doing like more movement per stable coin on Solana than on other chains which is cool because that makes it a great payments chain. Uh, but having low TVL makes you not a great DeFi chain because that means your liquidity is not that great. Um, you get to have a lot of DEX volumes on a lot of low supply of coins because your transactions are very, very cheap. And so just brute forcing these comparisons to be apples to apples, uh, it, we need to take facts and circumstances in. Like I can go take um, like $500, I can uh, buy one USDC and I can spend all that $500 on that spending that one USDC and I can create like some $10 million of volume sending that one USDC around. Uh, and so these are some of the nuances between these two chains, not to diminish or belittle the fact that like, you know, that's like $1.6 of volume going on Solana DEXs. That's, that's a number. Uh, 
And if we all want to be want to be sophisticated in our understanding for how these chains work, we need to understand that gas differences in gas fees do create differences in how these metrics need to be evaluated. Yeah, I think all that's true, and it's also true that this is a pretty massive accomplishment for yeah. for Solana, and the first time ever it's actually yeah. surpassed um, Ethereum in terms of volume, mm-hmm. and uh, all those points. Like, I think when transaction fees are, are low, there's obviously a lot of wash trading that could happen. So, right, you can't take one of these metrics and be like, "This is the one, this is the one." But I don't think sensible people uh, really do that. Um, I also think the other thing you, you need to take into account, of course, is um, all of the other layer twos. It's interesting that there's like Ethereum, uh, Arbitrum, and like Ethereum and Arbitrum. Oh, this is Solana versus the Ethereum layer one. Oh, they're not including Ethereum layer twos. It's still they're, it's still a big freaking deal, right? Because Solana there's, se- there's seven hundred million dollars of trading on Arbitrum. That yes. would put Ethereum between add all the other layer twos. Like, uh, well, this is part of the problem with uh, Ethereum narrative right now. It's like it's kind of fractured across all of these yeah. sub brands. Like, uh, yeah. you know, Arbitrum is Ethereum, but people don't see that. They see just Arbitrum right. or they see optimism. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a a big move from Solana, and that's not the only flipping, David. Actually, oh, Soul price, oh, okay, the oh, price like of Soul, we like this one, uh, just passed the price the price of XRP. We like of Ripple that. right now. We like that. So we, we like um, Solana being on top of the bank chain. That is deserved for sure. Well, yeah. Why do you like that? Because you think XRP is a security, David? Is that what you think? No, that's just a, a, <laughs> a coin by banks for banks. I don't enjoy R- Ripple. I don't. I've never understood why Ripple is uh, valued. It's still valued at thirty-three billion dollars. Yeah. So, I, I, I wish I could I've say there's something Ripple. there, but I don't know what's actually there. Solana one hundred percent deserves to be above Ripple. Okay, so it's number five. Number five, and by the way, maybe closing in on Ethereum. It's got a you know cool eight X to go before it's <laughs> cool uh, Ethereum. <laughs> So uh, we'll, we'll see what, what's in store for 2024. Meanwhile, Celsius is absolutely dumping on you, ETH holder. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, dumping ETH on you, you can't catch a break. On <laughs> On-chain data shows that Celsius, uh, you remember Celsius, Alex Mashinsky's old uh, you know, scam, banks are not your friend, and apparently <laughs> neither was Celsius. Celsius was your worst enemy. They, um, they are now selling, as a result of their bankruptcy, a lot of their ETH. And I, I, they, I say their ETH, but it's really customer deposit ETH. It's really it? your ETH. Yeah. <laughs> so they're dumping on you with your own uh, <laughs> assets. <laughs> uh, wow. Insult to injury. Over the past 30 days, they sold 243 million ETH. And uh, the good news is they got to run out sometime. Um, I think they're getting closer, uh, although they don't have a stat. Do you know how much, <laughs> how much more ETH they have to dump on us, David? Uh, I don't know. I kind of assumed that they would be done, but uh, what the hell do I know? $250 million is a pretty good amount. Yeah, that's true. And I also know that uh, the FTX bankruptcy has a lot of assets that will you yeah. know, be available on the market uh, here soon. So some of the bankruptcies are, are getting cleaned up. Yeah. So what do you think of all that? Is, is this part of the downward uh, pressure that ETH is feeling? Well, yeah. So like why, the Bitcoin ETH, uh, ETH ratio, like why is that so, uh, down so bad? It's like, oh, because Michael Saylor bought like $800 million <laughs> of, of Bitcoin in the last like quarter. Why is ETH not able to catch a bid? Oh, because Celsius just sold four, $240 million of ETH in the past 30 days. Like ETH is just taking just wallop after wallop after wallop and like there's this actually like fantastic synergy for the solana narrative whereas like solana is actually still like pretty small in comparison to to ethereum like it's got a ton of energy but in the grand scheme of things it's kind of still just like a spec uh and so like the, it's not Ether that's vacating Ether going to Solana, but it does appear like that in this in the simultaneous nature of 
Michael Saylor buying a f ton of Bitcoin and the ETH BTC ratio going down and and Celsius selling all of his ether and so the ETH is just underperforming. Meanwhile, coincidentally, Solana is having a like a renaissance of its narrative. And I think like all of these things are like lined up to make like Ether the currently probably the most hated asset I have ever seen in the crypto meta in my entire time. Well, people say that I I, I said I had that claim that that tweet um, earlier this week and people said mm-hmm. that Ethereum has a persecution complex. It's still number two. It's still uh, $250 billion. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's like them playing both sides, right? Like when it, when it comes time for ETH to be defended, they're like, why are you defending yourself? You're number two. But it's just like, if you go on to Twitter, just like it's totally universal. I think that 2024 will kind of uh, be the year. This yeah. is just partway through yeah. the story. So yeah. uh, let's see what happens in, in 2024 mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, David, what do we have coming up next? Coming up next, inscription locuses are out of control, plaguing all the chains, hopping from chain to chain to chain, <laughs> heating them dry as they go. That's a bad image. Uh, <laughs> second up, Elizabeth Warren, even worse image, with a holiday nastygram for all of us here in crypto. But before all of that, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible, especially Kraken, who's been with us throughout 2023 and is fighting the SEC, and we appreciate them so much for it. And they will also be our favorite exchange in 2024 as well. If you do not have an account with Kraken, what are you waiting for? What Click are you the link waiting in the show for? notes. Kraken knows crypto. Kraken's been in the crypto game for over a decade. And as one of the largest and most trusted exchanges in the industry, Kraken is on the journey with all of us to see what crypto can be. Human history is a story of progress. It's part of us, hardwired. We're designed to seek change everywhere, to improve, to strive. And if anything can be improved, why not finance? Crypto is a financial system designed with the modern world in mind. Instant, permissionless, and 24-7. It's not perfect, and nothing ever will be perfect. But crypto is a world-changing technology at a time when the world needs it the most. That's the Kraken mission, to accelerate the global adoption of cryptocurrency so that you and the rest of the world can achieve financial freedom and inclusion. Head on over to kraken.com bankless to see what crypto can be. Not investment advice, crypto trading involves risk of loss. Cryptocurrency services are provided to U.S. and U.S territory customers by Payward Ventures Inc. PVI doing business as Kraken. Celo is the mobile-first, EVM-compatible, carbon-negative blockchain built for the real world. And now, something big is happening. Introducing the Celo Layer 2. It's a game-changing proposal that's going to bring Celo's rapidly growing ecosystem home to Ethereum. Vitalik has shared his excitement for the Celo Layer 2 on the Celo forum. So has Ben Jones from Optimism. But why? The Celo Layer 2 will bring huge advantages like a decentralized sequencer, off-chain data availability, and one-block finality. What does all that mean? Rock-solid security, a trustless bridge to Ethereum, and more real-world use cases for Ethereum without compromise. And real-world adoption is happening. Active addresses on Celo have grown over 500% in the last six months. With the Celo Layer 2, gas fees will stay low, and you can even pay for gas using ERC-20 tokens. But Celo is a community-governed protocol. This means that Celo needs you to weigh in and make your voice heard. Join the conversation in the Celo forum. Follow at Celo.org on Twitter and visit Celo.org to shape the future of Ethereum. Arbitrum is accelerating the Web3 landscape with a suite of secure Ethereum scaling solutions. Hundreds of projects have already deployed onto Arbitrum 1 with a flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystem. Arbitrum Nova is quickly becoming a Web3 gaming hub and social dApps like Reddit are also calling Arbitrum home. And now Arbitrum Orbit allows you to use Arbitrum's secure scaling technology to build your own layer 3, giving you access to interoperable, customizable permissions with dedicated throughput. All of these technologies leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a 
builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, and fully EVM compatible. Faster transaction speeds and significantly lower gas fees. Arbitrum empowers you to explore and build without compromise. Visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first app on Arbitrum. Inscriptions, they're invading everywhere. They're clogging up our chains. David, what are inscriptions and uh, why are they taking down multiple chains this week and causing massive gas spikes? So inscriptions were the ordinals phenomenon that came out of Bitcoin, where you could write arbitrary data to a single Satoshi, which unlocked a bunch of cool features, starting with NFTs, but really expanding from there. And then that same primitive has um, hopped to other chains, where what are inscriptions? They are just using chains as data availability chains. All chains are data availability chains to some degree, and they're writing inscriptions. They're writing packets of data, bundles of data, what kind of data, whatever data you want, open-ended, like Turing complete, fully expressive. And so they write just a packet of data onto chains, and it is very resource intensive because data is the thing that is expensive in the crypto world. So inscriptions are just going from chain to chain to chain. Who's bringing them there? I don't really know, kind of the free market. A lot of bots, a lot of this is bot activity because there's no way that you can take down a chain without just having just, it's basically spam. It's basically well, spam. Well, but you call it spam, but I, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if it, like, I don't know if that's uh, entirely true, right? So um, for Bitcoin, uh, you know, famously earlier this year, they've been using inscriptions for like a primitive NFT type of network. And for, yep. Uh, containing BRC20s, which are right. like Bitcoin's kind of version of um, a token. And they've and kind Bitcoin of- it's not spam. But when when uh, inscriptions show up on Arbitrum and then take down the chain two days later, or that's because like people just botted the hell out of it. If It's spam if it's bots. I don't even know if I could give you on that. Low utility. They pay the same gas fees that everybody else does for, for yeah, but the, the things, uh, data. the data that we're putting on chain is not it's not interoperable. It's for one single purpose. Like who no one very few number of people care. Sure, Ryan, one person cares. But what does that do to the Arbitrum or Celestia or Polygon? I think these even happen on Solana. These don't benefit there's no welfare for users here, right? There's no global usefulness from these things. But so it's not, are you saying it's not out of bounds of the, like the protocol's ability Correct. to do it, yeah. but you think it's like outside of kind of like some loose social contract of like right. what's quote unquote utility or what's valuable. And you're, right. you're, you're saying it's, you're, you're not it, shunning it, inscriptions though. You're no. just like observing it and being like, ah, that's annoying. It's yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's an annoying thing. Like if I took one ether and I like, and like took all of that gas money and just loaded up dick butts and placed that on the Ethereum layer <laughs> I'd one. I'd be annoyed by that. That would be annoying. <laughs> that would be annoying for me. Okay. I, I didn't expect to get in a, in a, in a debate over uh, inscription. So let's put that aside. I, um, I don't know how I feel about them like spam or, or not. Anyway, yeah. um, let's talk about what they've been doing on other chains, non-Bitcoin chains. So I said they've taken down multiple chains. What's What's been going on over the past week? So Arbitrum's sequencer briefly stopped working uh, because they were just overloaded with transactions, uh, specifically at like just BRC20 tokens on other chains, which is like totally an anachronism, but like whatever. Um, Avalanche, Kronos, ZK Sync also experienced degraded performance. It briefly wow. also hit Celestia as well. Celestia, I believe, stopped um, producing blocks, bro. Wow. Uh, I, I think that that um, Celestia hasn't confirmed that, but people are like, yo, like uh, Celestia Block Explorers stopped showing anything for like 20 minutes, uh, even plus. Uh, and so, yeah, it's kind of nuts. It's, it's just like consuming the resources of all the chains in a very relatively cheap manner. It's kind of a question of resource pricing. 
Like if we are spamming, spamming chains because data on these chains are cheap and they're also taking down the chains, well then either we need to figure out our shit or we need to increase the cost of data. One of these two things. Hmm. But I think it's good because every single network is being stress tested at the moment in a, like a live production real environment. Um, and they're, they're, it's not happening on Ethereum though. Why is that? It's just too expensive. So it's too expensive and Ethereum <laughs> has perfect liveness. <laughs> so it's it's just um, people can't afford to spam the network right. using call data because right. there are higher value use cases that, uh, that right. purchase that block space ahead of Ethereum. Yeah, Ethereum, Ethereum call data space is you know meant to be for layer two chains and people who have a ton of ETH. High execution, like high TPS execution environments are definitely going to have to deal with this, right? This simple attack, this really, it's very cheap to simple attack a chain with like quote unquote spam. Here's a tweet from Hunter from the Arbitrum team where he says, Arbitrum 1 hit an all-time high of 4.3 transactions in 24 hours today. That was the day. 4.3 million. 4.3 4.3 million transactions in one day from inscriptions. Oh. Uh, and if you, you, you can go to like a layer 2B and you'll see just like the massive spike in activity. Um, and so he says, uh, but cooler than numbers was the incredible support for that came from the other layer 2s and layer 1s for the Arbitrum community. Uh, f- uh, it feels like we're going to see more camaraderie as this bull market kicks into gear. And yes, I'm excited. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> so yeah, distributed sequencing where rather than having one single extremely high performance sequencer and splitting that into like two or three or four can maintain liveness while still having like the vast majority of the scale like reducing total scale total throughput by just like a few percentage points but then also like having you know 99.9 percent uptime uh and like i said this is ultimately going to be good for all single all chains because we're all going to get stress tested by like bullshit before we get stress tested by normies with their bullshit Meanwhile, just to say, just inscriptions started on Bitcoin, haven't left Bitcoin either. So inscriptions continuing to surge there as well. There's almost 300,000 unconfirmed transactions. Oh, there are 350,000 unconfirmed transactions in the Bitcoin mempool. $37 per uh, Bitcoin, the typical transaction in Bitcoin over this last week. But when they're on the Bitcoin, David, they're not spam, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> when they're on Bitcoin, they're not spam. We don't because, have to open that again. <laughs> because, like, uh, I don't know. This is all. This is all. Let's move fine. on. Gary Gensler and Elizabeth Warren, the anti-crypto army, the generals in the anti-crypto mm-hmm. army, they are on the attack again this week. They couldn't even give us a break during the holidays, David. Can you believe yeah. that? Uh, no. So today, this Coming is Gary Gensler tweet. Weak and lazy and yeah. The commission denied a petition for rulemaking filed on behalf of Coinbase. You remember uh, a right. few months ago, Coinbase was just like. Hey, SEC, please, please give us rules. <laughs> can you give us like clarity on the rules? And SEC didn't re- respond. You like denied, you know, providing clarity. Hel- so, held out to the buzzer. Yeah. And then, and then so the Coinbase was like, fine, we'll get a court to make you. All mm-hmm. right. And um, this is the court made the SEC respond. And uh, right. they didn't make the SEC provide rules. No. They made the SEC respond to the inquiry about whether they are going to provide rules or not. Yeah, and I don't know if you want to hear what Gary actually wrote, but he published his own sort of um, a statement on the SEC website. First, existing laws and regulations apply to the crypto securities market. We already have the laws. Second, the SEC addresses the crypto securities markets through rulemaking as well. We already do rulemaking. You already have the clarity that you need. Third, it is important to maintain commission discretion in setting its own rulemaking priorities you can't force us to do anything (laughs) basically you already have what you need and like don't come to me like asking for more clarity uh you know that that's what gary is saying here 
Thanks, Gary. Thanks for the help. We appreciate it. Merry Christmas. This is Paul Graywell from um, Coinbase saying, Today, the SEC denied Coinbase's petition for rules for crypto after 18 months of silence. Oh, wow. It was 18 months, David. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to the court to get the response that the law requires. With appreciation for the Third Circuit later today, we'll again seek its help. So they're going to... They're not backing down. We're going to do that. We're (laughs) going to keep going. No, we actually want an answer. Like we actually deserve an answer from our regulators on like just some basic rules for clarity on what's a security and what's not. Mm -hmm. CFTC is saying things are not securities. The SEC is saying something different. It won't really tell crypto what's a security. It's just dropping these uh, these charges. Yeah. And Coinbase is really gearing up for the big fight. They're keeping the, the the furnace warm with the SEC by continuing to not back down versus the SEC. But then also this this week, they're also launching a super PAC. I don't know if it's fair to say Coinbase is launching it, a super PAC, a political action committee, a lobbyist group for crypto. So the Fair Shake Super PAC is a brand new political action committee on the scene and all of its affiliates representing the nation's crypto community. And they have raised, Ryan, $78 million, mm. 20 companies and leading voices inside of the industry to support bipartisan crypto forward candidates in 2024. So $78 million, which is a large amount, going to help support crypto politicians raised in only Q4, Ryan. Yeah, so you got to do it. It's a federal independent committee supporting candidates committing to securing the U.S. as the home to innovators building the next generation of the internet. So who can, where did this $78 million come from? Andreessen Horowitz, Brian Armstrong himself, Circle and Coinbase, of course, Kraken, Framework Ventures, Jump Crypto, Multicoin Capital, Paradigm. So basically Coinbase and the VCs. Which is yeah. great. And I think I think that is just the perfect role for these particular players, like the, the exchanges, Coinbase, Kraken, and the VCs, like the, the big leaders in, who have a lot of capital in this space, uh, who have the most to gain and the most to lose, right? Uh, and so, but also like there's plenty of pl- place for, uh, for us as individuals, plenty of ways that, to help out. Go to standwithcrypto.org if you want to learn more. Yeah. Um, call your congressperson, email yeah, congressperson. The you can there's, do. there's lots individuals can do. Um, but... I will say Elizabeth Warren did not like the industry fighting back against oh, this. She didn't like this? No, this is where we get to the nasty gram. And she sent this letter not only to Coinbase, but to the Blockchain Association, which is a crypto-friendly education lobbyist group in right. DC. Uh, Kristen Smith there, who, who we've met before, is the love, CEO. She's yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, she also sent it, they also sent it to Coin Center. Okay, the same, the same templated uh, letter. So here's uh, Jerry Brito. Um, he calls this, Coin Center received the same impertinent letter from Elizabeth Warren as the BA and Coinbase. That's the Blockchain Association. Read it for yourself to see what a bullying publicity stunt is. So I did read it for myself. Uh, basically, Elizabeth Warren is saying, uh, crypto is the, you know like being facilitated by Hamas for terrorism. That's like super obvious. And then she, she, she referred cites, the Wall Street Journal article that's been which debunked clearly for two months. It's been Nick freaking Carter. debunked um, uh, many times. Anyway, she's like, look, crypto and terrorism—they're basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on and says, uh, if you like Coin Center, Coinbase, how dare you get people from? the government or used to be employed by the government, like working on your behalf, right? Because she's upset that crypto has hired people from um, DC uh, to like push back against this. And she so has this, asked this, for- this is, By the way, how politics in America 
is this it's maybe, in every it's industry it it's works, like it's how it works i hate that we have to spend 80 million dollars on a super pack i hate that we, we have, to, have do that. to do that get money ha- out of financing get financing but what's politics. what's the alternative don't defend yourself because right. the banks like, are doing it let them Who, slap us around yeah. what do we do the, the, ba- the, the banks are dilemma. supporting are doing the revolving door the banks are supporting elizabeth warren yeah at like, least ours, we can't do it at least ours leads to like individual rights like it's not fighting for like it's at least ours is fighting for uh, digital civil liberties, like holding your own private key and running your own validator. Okay, like ours is actually doing something productive for 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 the individual, not just fighting on behalf of a bunch of rights. Anyway, she she asks in this letter that um, all of these organizations who she sent the letter to tell them how many former military, civilian, government officials or members of Congress are on their play payroll, uh, and yeah. like list she, them it's, all it's out. Kind of a demand. It's a little it's bit. It's a hundred percent. What do you? Therefore, I ask you to provide the answers to these questions, to the following questions, no later than January fourteenth, twenty twenty four. How many former military, civilian, government officials, or members of Congress are currently employed on behalf or by your organization? Yeah. For all of the in- officials listed in question one, please provide a summary of their responsibilities. Are they registered lobbyists? Blah 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 blah. It's like it's more like you don't really care about these answers. No, You're just is, being me. PR. It's a PR stunt to just basically stunt. say crypto plus Hamas and. And they're using the revolving door of DC to like influence us. Look at these corrupt people. That's what she's she's doing. And like she doesn't actually expect a reply. It feels like an inquisition. Oh, it's doubt. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it's and and she knows it's not going to be effective. Anyway, that's what the anti-crypto army is doing. Austin Campbell had a take. I never thought I would see the day when Elizabeth Warren became a proud champion of big banks. Isn't mm-hmm. that sad? You know, I remember when she rose on the scene, it was like for me. Anyway, my first exposure to Elizabeth Warren in the aftermath of you know uh, the 2008. 2008 financial crisis, mm-hmm. and she was like anti-bank, anti-bank, right. and it was just like, hey, we got to rain. Like, why are they getting bailouts? It's kind of like the whole Bernie Sanders message. You remember those days? Yep. Um, feels very different from that. Here she is, like partnering with uh, Jamie Dimon, basically saying, yeah, all all crypto surveillance states, you know, scams and frauds, and let's let's clamp down. Meanwhile, this is a peer to peer decentralized money system for the people by the people, mm-hmm. bottom up. And uh, why would she be on the bankers and the institution side for that? It doesn't make sense. It's not consistent with uh, what her messaging used to be. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed as well. I share I share Austin Campbell's sentiments there. I've uh, talked to um, friends of a friend who, uh, the friend that I was not talking to, the, the one, one removed, who was a previous intern for Senator Warren's office, mm. says it was kind of just like a, a very top-down, like shrill, did not respect the interns uh was like fall in line do as you're told kind of crabs in the bucket environment oh yeah i I, yeah i wonder if other political internships are are like that but uh anyway not loving what i'm um, i'm seeing we'll we'll see if the tables turn in 2024 but we've got some defensive mechanisms uh, at least david what do we have coming up next Coming up next, we got some crypto things to talk about. Yay. Thank you, Lord. Eigenlayer has raised its cap and then it got filled inside of 48 hours. $1 billion has been deposited into Eigenlayer. We're going to talk about that. And also, Ryan, did you notice that um, first the Solana phone was kind of marked up as a flop and then 15,000 units got sold last week? What the hell happened there? Mm. Uh, and then finally, ZK Sync has struck another win with a new centralized exchange layer two from blockchain from crypto.com their new chronos chain can become a zk sync chain we'll unpack that but first a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible 
With MetaMask Portfolio, swapping tokens on-chain has never been easier. Swap tokens at any time with the most competitive pricing around. The MetaMask Portfolio swap feature allows you to swap tokens directly by aggregating and comparing various decentralized exchanges to ensure you get competitive prices and low network fees. Choose the token you want to swap from and what you want to swap into and tap into combined liquidity across providers all automatically. Within MetaMask Portfolio, you can easily swap tokens with low fees, fewer approvals, and slippage protection for all of your trades. Manage your Web3 everything at metamask.io slash portfolio. Are you launching a token? Is it already live? How are you managing the legal and tax for providing token awards for your team? Toku simplifies everything about managing token grant compensation, and you can get started with them for free. You'll have access to top-notch legal and tax support to handle the distribution and management of tokens for your team. Toku caters to every step in the process, from user-friendly legal templates for granting tokens to tracking vesting periods and calculating withholding taxes. Toku understands every grant structure, token purchase agreements, restricted token awards, restricted token units, token options, and all the other ones. Toku is already simplifying this today, for leading companies like Protocol Labs, DYDX Foundation, Mina Foundation, and many more. You can learn more about how Toku can help you streamline your token management and get started for free. Visit Toku at toku.com bankless or click the link in the description below. Eigenlayer hits $1 billion deposited wow. into the Eigenlayer restaking system. So they added six new liquid staking tokens, StakeWise, Swell Network, Stator Labs, Binance BETH, Origin Protocol, Anchor ETH. And then they also raised the Lido State ETH cap all of that got filled immediately. Crazy. Uh, the heat and the energy around Eigenlayer and restaking is definitely crescendoing. Liquid restaking tokens, Ryan, have just absolutely captivated my attention lately. I'm going to mm -hmm. write an article about that. Uh, liquid restaking tokens, I think, is the next meta. I think this airdrop mania and the growth around Eigenlayer and the number of liquid restaking tokens is kind of a bunch of... The TLDR is you can use Ether, the, the monetary unit of Ether, to secure mm -hmm. all sorts of other apps. We call these AVSs, right? right? Uh, right. What is that, well, that's the TLDR of restaking. Liquid mm -hmm. restaking tokens is just like liquid staking tokens, but you also get the restaking yields of Eigenlayer baked into these liquid restaking tokens. So mm -hmm. like the whole LST war is starting brand over brand new again is starting fresh with the liquid restaking wars and i'm absolutely here for You're it here for it yeah a huge theme in 2024 uh this is sri ram saying ethereum expanded on bitcoin but could not be built on it eigenlayer expands on ethereum by building on it um mm -hmm. you know sri ram definitely uh putting out kind of uh, some narrative tweets here about mm -hmm. ethereum alignment as well um ethereum, ethereum acceleration not necessarily ethereum alignment we're, we're going we're going for acceleration a? yeah oh yeah uh, it's it's uh, acceleration, particularly of ETH asset. ETH I would say yeah, ETH asset, ETH yields, ETH the monetary unit being accelerated by eigenlayer. Yeah. Mm, ETH becomes ETH, more ETH money. Ack. ETH ack. Maybe bring, bring <laughs> ETH's money back for 2024. Oh, here. ETH has always been money. <laughs> I know. More money. Yeah. Well, people forgot. Um, David says things you're not bullish enough on ETH and restaking. Yeah. <laughs> That's you a good way to summarize it. You have ETH acceleration. All right. ZK Sync uh, got a new layer two joining the hyperchain. What is a hyperchain? That is the ZK Sync version of the Optimism superchain. Kronos has a launch, announced the launch of their layer two, the Kronos ZK EVM joining the ZK Sync hyper chain. Uh, so crypto.com, actually a pretty large exchange, uh, going to have its ZK EVM on, hyper, on a hyper chain. 
This is cool too. Celestia, of course, a, a DA layer, so um, data availability layer. They, they've they launched, of course, and it, many folks got an airdrop from this, worth a lot actually. Celestia is now available for builders on Arbitrum Orbit. So with Arbitrum Orbit, you can select a, a non-Ethereum DA layer if, if you'd like, and uh, Celestia is now an option for that. I was actually curious, David, with these new D, DA layers, how inexpensive layer mm-hmm. twos that use non-Ethereum DA layers um, would actually be. And it's uh, th- this tweet says, the benefits of ZK proving for L2s with a 99% cost reduction right. versus layer one DA. So here's Dude, like- L2s the, are about to be free, bro. The cost savings. This is another uh, Manta network. It's a different layer two. So it's it's not uh, Arbitrum Nova, but Manta network is tapping into uh, Celestia for, for DA. And look at how cheap these transactions are, right? It's like, Transactions on layer twos are going to like fall off a of, uh, free. They're going to be free when they when they don't use Ethereum for uh, data availability. They're going to be incredibly cheap, practically free, and probably mm-hmm. going to be subsidized by many of the layer twos. Like because yeah. if it's micro fractions of a penny, like why introduce that f- uh, friction for your users? Mm-hmm. You just call it free because it's basically right. free. Well, um, why, why do you think we're getting the inscription spam attack? Because every everything is free these days. Oh, cool! So we get more spam attacks. Uh, yeah, we get more spam. We'll have to solve that for, for that one too. Uh, David, tell me about the Solana phone. Yeah. Okay. So like about a month ago, they kind of the Solana organization, I think, kind of just called the Solana phone a flop. Uh, and this, they, they had like, um, they were selling like 30 to 50 phones a day at peak and it slowed down to like two to three phones a day. And if you're going to move, if you're going to have enough phones being sold to induce a developer ecosystem to build apps for the phone, you need to move a lot more phones, like tens mm. of thousands of phones. They had 20,000 phones in their first batch. The, the, the bootstrapping problem. It's a bootstrapping problem. And I think they only sell, sold like four to 5,000 of them. This, I, I talked to Anatoly about this earlier this week. That episode will come out next week. Um, and then they sell 15,000 last week. What? What the oh. hell happened? Well, because an idea. <laughs> the original Solana phone came with a bonk airdrop on it. And the bonk token has appreciated significantly in price to be about half the cost of the phone. So the phone was 50% <laughs> off. And the thing is, is that... This is not the only airdrop on the phone. There's like mm. a handful in the teens number of airdrops that you get from having the phone. And so people are, these phones are now going for 2000 to $5,000 a piece on eBay. Are you serious? It's an ARB yeah. opportunity then. It's a, well, it's not an ARB opportunity. It's an investment. It's a speculative investment that all of these Solana tokens that are on the Solana Sagra phone are going to pump in price. And so like you are over at a $5,000, you are way overpaying what you can pull out from the phone in terms of tokens, because you can only pull out $400, but they're kind of just a rare commodity. It's a bet on Solana. It's like, it's kind of like Unisox a little bit, but also yeah. with the potential of these airdrops, like appreciating bigly. Well, that, that's got to help them with the, uh, the entire bootstrapping problem, uh, I would guess. So it has that as a, as a side effect. It's, it's basically like it found its product market fit and that's like attaching speculative tokens to it. Yeah, uh, what a crypto thing to do, huh? Yeah, so Anatoly says we haven't seen a ton of signal whether that's compelling enough to sell 50,000 units. They're at 20,000 units now, but I think 25 to 50,000 units feels like there's a hardcore user base for developers to compel to ship applications. So they need they need another reason. They can't they don't, lightning can't strike twice like this, but if they can get to 50,000 uh, phones, all of a sudden that becomes like a strong user base. Funnily enough, Ryan, uh, MKBHD, he's one of the he's the biggest tech reviewer in YouTube, like one of the most most watched YouTube accounts, uh, rated the Solana phone the worst phone of 2023. Oh, oh sad. 
This is bust of the year. Solana Sega phone. Oh, this is part of a whole thread where he's rating phones yeah. and he got to that uh-huh. one, huh? Yeah. Oh, sad. And he says the bonk. Uh... The bonk. Yeah. He says no amount of bonk can save this phone. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I mean, I guess a, a, um, a, a cynical interpretation of this is like, oh, great. Another like crypto speculative, like bubble crap, just trying to show, yeah. you know, a phone that's not great. I, I guess a more optimistic take on this is like, Hey, tokens really do solve the initial bootstrapping problem. They really of do. It's boot- yeah, it really is. So now you have at least some critical mass of phones out there, and maybe uh-huh. that creates a network effect for more development for it to improve down the line. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really have a take. I don't have one of those. But um, David, Three Hours Capital in the news again. This time, a billion of their assets were frozen. What's this about? Yeah, so the BVI, British Virgin Isles, I believe that's Bermuda, uh, has frozen a billion dollars of three arrows capital assets. So we kind of saw this definitely like people think about this happening when Suzu was arrested trying to leave Singapore. And he was only arrested for a very small thing, but the bet was that it was going to like spiral into a big thing. And we are watching this. So Three Arrows Capital can say goodbye to a billion dollars of their monies. Yeah, if look, if it's in a bank account, it can be frozen, David. Yeah. Maybe yeah, he should have listened to the bank list a little bit more, you know. Yeah, you know, you can't freeze Bitcoin, can't can't freeze that ether on chain. Uh, David, there was a, a pretty large court case. Actually, the first DeFi hacker to ever plead guilty in a the first ever smart contract fraud conviction. This mm-hmm. was a Solana DeFi hacker. Uh, what what happened with this story? This is Shakib Ahmed, who pled guilty to charges relating to two DEXs, one Nirvana Finance, the other one Crema Finance. I think these were on Solana. These were Solana. I think so. Is that right? Can you read? Can you yeah, read? They, I, yeah, they were definitely they were. Solana. Uh, sold twelve million. Uh, stole twelve million dollars from Solana DEXs. Faces five years in prison. Will be sentenced on March thirteenth. First ever conviction for smart contract hacks and fraud, according to a U.S. attorney. Uh, so that's just a message for all the incoming scammers of 2024 and 2025. You will go to jail. Yo, theft is still illegal. Yes, yeah, theft <laughs> is still theft, even if it's crypto. <laughs> this is where I'm a little bit Gary Gensler. I'm like, oh, we already have rules in place against theft. Right. We don't uh-huh. need additional crypto-specific rules to tell right. people not to steal. It's always been illegal, guys. You can't steal. <laughs> it's still <laughs> illegal just because it's crypto. <laughs> just because it's on-chain. David, as we close out this holiday episode, we got a meme of the week uh, relating to the Solana phone here. <laughs> what are we looking at? It's a meme uh, from that one movie, which is, sell me this pen. And the man responds, it has 10 million bunk tokens on it. <laughs> that, would, that would buy the pen. That would buy the pen. That's where we'll leave things, guys. Uh, we got a moment of Zen coming up. Do you, want, do you want to tease that? We got a moment of Zen from Argent, who puts a yearly promo, re- yearly recap every single year. They did it last year. They did it this year as well. Uh, if you want to get excited for the Bankless yearly roll-up coming a week from today, uh, actually, our timelines and their timelines lined up pretty well, except they put it into a minute and 30 seconds, and we did it in an hour. It's a good year in review for crypto, I would say. So enjoy that, guys. i got to end with some disclosures. David and I are advisors for ZK Sync and Eigenlayer. I think we mentioned them both in the episode. And as a reminder, we are long-term investors. We're not journalists. We don't do paid content. There's always a link to all Bankless disclosures at bankless.com slash disclosures. Wow, what a year it's been. Thank you so much for for being with us on, well, 51 roll-ups for the entire year, David. I don't think we missed a week. 51 weekly roll-ups and one yearly roll-up. Oh my God. So that's all 52 weeks and you guys have been along for the ride. Thank you so much. Got to remind you again, as we close out 2023, crypto is risky. You lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier, not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot. What is Operation Choke Point? 
of the crypto businesses might end up completely unbanked. Investors in the banks will not be protected. Crypto bank Silvergate shutting down. And the lack of compliance by these crypto platforms means that you don't have basic investor protections. World's biggest asset manager, that is BlackRock, filed to list an ETF backed by Spot Ethereum on the NASDAQ exchange at some point. The need for crypto. Hallelujah. Bitcoin, Ether, and US. Account abstraction. Account abstraction. 